0: Lace him up, because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes-Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald, Pete Blackburn, and WEEI.com's DJ Bean.
1: What did the man just say, Pete?
0: That would be my name.
1: That's your name.
0: What's up, Gary
2: Tangay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: after after uh, Pete sending numerous gifts of Walter White to uh, WEI, we finally... Th- thanks to Matt Loper, by the way. Matt and I were both hounding folks on the email chain about, there's this guy, Pete Blackburn. You gotta believe me. I, I know you guys don't think he's real, but he's a real person, and let's get a new...
2: Did they drop Joey, Joey's name first?
1: They wait before mine?
2: I thought so. Was I listening wrong? Or did, Matt,
1: I... Run, did they? We gotta get to the bottom of this. Uh, Joey Mack, as you can
0: tell from not having. Lace him okay, up. Okay, hold on. Because it's time for the Sunday Skate. This is the Sunday Skate on Sports Radio WEI. A comprehensive look at the bees from deep inside the organization to the ice and beyond. Brought to you by your Boston area Mercedes Benz dealers, AT&T, Wise Snacks, and Star Market. Now, let's get it going with ESPN's Joe McDonald's. <laughs> oh, my <Pete> God! <laughs> Friend, and WEEI.com's DJ. Bird!
1: <laughs> I'm, ah, th- oh, I can't swear, but it's seven in the morning and no one can hear it. So I kind of want to go for it. I'm third.
2: Uh how the tables now, have turned. <laughs>
1: okay. Those, that was not in my instructions. That was not, oh my God. you. Know, this is Joey Zarbano playing hardball with me. I sent, a, I sent an email saying, hey, whenever you guys get a chance, if we can get Pete's name in the open, that would be great. And they're like, okay. And Matt. Matt kind of doubles down, reinforcement, brings in the muscle, and is like, yeah, why don't you make a new open? And they make it, and they put me goddamn third? Oh, my God, that's disgusting.
2: That's fantastic, that's especially considering that Joey's not even here today. <laughs>
1: Joey Mac is not here today. We've uh, spoken for like nine minutes now without saying that Ken Laird of w- up, and WEI and WEI.com. like i stepped into something is- I shouldn't have stepped into. <laughs> Oh,
2: Next week, uh, yeah. Ken's name will replace yours on the intro. <laughs> hey, what's up? I'm Gary. What's your name? Hey, Pete.
1: <laughs> Let's get it going with Matt Loper, Ken Laird, <laughs> Pete Blackburn, and whoever the hell else. Anyone but DJ Bean, <laughs> Joe McDonald. i are gonna start naming like ninety-eight five guys and Fred everything. New Hampshire, They're, right? Fred in New Hampshire, Maria in Watertown, a very nice Scottish man. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. That
3: just sends a rocket right up my rear end. I don't need coffee now. What was a crescendo? They saved the best for last. The host gets the last billing. I don't know. I would say that, that was a day crescendo. I think that they they started, uh, they, they went down. Well, because ESPN is so well-loved in this area, they wanted to start with ESPN's Joe McDonald. I think that's how they wanted to come out and of the And the
1: thing game. is, other than that, it's so fantastic because they uh, – as Matt and I noted in our emails, uh, Joe McDonald is now a national reporter for ESPN. I don't know if you heard the uh, the New Year's Day show, but Pete and I brought that up to Joey Mack about ten or 12,000 times. The reason why Joey Mack is not here is because he's being uh, a little a little national boy and he is on assignment. I believe he is going to New York or something like that. So he's not here. Uh, Ken Laird, who has masterfully
3: pinched hit, uh, pinched, it did whatever masterfully. Yes. I, that that I, was probably I, I, the, the worst word I said there. I believe you called me the big idiot. Uh, on My last appearance after our interview with Brick. Oh, that was awesome. Pete, you weren't here, <clears throat> but uh, Ken
1: raised the, a great theory. Ken had a, a theory about, are they trying Spooner on the wing? Uh, maybe in case they trade Louie. So they have another option on the wing. And we all thought that's, that's a pretty plausible thing. We sh- they shouldn't do it, but it, it's pretty plausible. And uh, Ken brought it up to brick on the show. And, Rick, very politely was like, no. <laughs> so then uh, he dropped me with a Ronaldo elbow in the corner. Basically, right. so then the, the third host on this show, that would be me, <laughs> decided to uh, play it up and and be it. It was a, a great power player. move by you, as you've described it. That's fine. Yeah, you got to take that opportunity. So anyway, uh, it's seven oh five in the dang morning, and we're all here. If you are listening, then you got the memo. Sunday skate is back to its. Seven o'clock, uh, two hour time slot, and we wouldn't have it any other way. The station asked us, they said, we, We'll give you the two hours. It can be later. Like, would you like 10 to 12 or nah. or 9 to 11 or something? And we, if we know hockey fans, they want to get up at 7 a.m. and do two hours on what Super do you mean get up?
2: They're already right. up from the previous yeah, night,
1: they're still going, especially Fred from New Hampshire. Uh, <laughs> the fact that we haven't heard from Fred right now is a, a, a travesty. Um, He's looking up
2: Bobby Orr's plus-minus.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, I could do plus-minus talk with Fred uh, all day. Um, The Bruins win last night, 2-1. to As I said in the trending now, Beyonce's new song is fire. Um, And also, they've now gone to overtime against the bottom two teams in the division in three straight games. And last night, you could say that they kind of gutted it out when pucks weren't going in the net, when maybe maybe somebody should have buried a, a pretty easy oh. goal or two, uh, and that didn't happen. Brett Conley has—I don't know how you don't feel horrible for the guy. He has, has hit rock bottom. But they go to overtime against a bad team for the third straight game. Martian has to bail them out. Nine goals in nine games. Uh, the Bruins aren't scoring goals. They're playing down to the competition. Are either of you guys encouraged at all by the fact that they wake up today tied for second in the uh, Atlantic Division? Well,
2: not really, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> well, I kind of set it Straight up to be to like, the point. if you do, you're an idiot. Yeah.
0: yeah.
3: Well, not, not to play the, the other side of the card, but did you notice Khloe Julian was playing the disrespect angle himself last night in the postgame a little bit? Nobody wants to give us credit when we come back from down two goals. You know, we, we play a tough game and per- persevere in overtime. Nobody wants to give us the credit. Very Ryan Spooner, Tory Krug like at the All Star break when those guys were saying, "Hey, nobody thought we'd be here by now. We're pretty proud of where we are." And I feel like that's uh, is it becoming a sort of an angle of the team. Hey, get, I, I mean, whatever
1: gets whatever.
2: If you want to play that card, you should be in a better spot than exactly. they are.
1: Right. If you want to, uh, if you want to play that card, you should a be in a better spot than they are. a la the the Patriots used to do it. They'd be like man, number one seed first round bye. No one believes in us. Everyone's hating. It's like, no, everyone thinks you guys are sensational. Nobody thinks that that you guys can be beaten. Or you have to be like... You have to have had kind of cellar-dwelling expectations, which the, the Bruins haven't had. I know that Scott McLaughlin before this season thought it was conceivable that they could miss the playoffs, which saying it's conceivable that they could miss the playoffs and saying they're not a playoff team. They're a bad team are two completely different things. And I don't think I heard anybody before the season saying their expectation was that these guys weren't going to at least be knocking on the door of the playoffs. And yeah, congratulations. As you said, Pete, you're, you're fledgling in a bad division.
3: I'm not impressed. Fled- at all fledgling or you, if you want to look at it from their angle, they're tied for second with the,
1: well, team I should say, the I should finals say last year. You're a fledgling team. That's succeeding in a bad division. Yeah. And, uh, I should have mentioned off the top, but I was so irate over the, uh, the, the EEI politics <laughs> game that's going on right now. Uh, we have two guests today. Ryan Spooner uh, recorded an interview with us yesterday that will play in the next block. And he was very interesting. Had some interesting stuff to say, actually, about last year almost being traded to the Sabres for Chris Stewart if the Sabres had taken that deal. Um, he had some interesting stuff to say about that, but he also mentioned in the interview the thing again of we're, we're proving a lot of people wrong, and it was at the end of the interview. And if there were more time, I wanted to get into that with him for like 25 minutes and be like, "But you guys understand that you're you're not blowing the doors off of anybody. Like the, the team isn't scoring goals; they're just eking by against bad teams." Well, Marshan's scoring goals. Marshan's scoring He's goals. He's proving people wrong himself. Yeah. You guys want to hear this? I'm going to drop this. I was planning on dropping this later in the show when more people are listening or more awake. So Bruins offense since January 1st, last 16 games, 2.375 goals per game. Mm. That is extremely bad. That is a very low number. The power play is 2 for 29 in the last 10 games. I think we all know that. Brett Conley, one goal on a goalie in the last 28 games. Louis Erickson scores last night. That was his first goal in 10 games. Patrice Bergeron six games without a goal. Matt Bileski, one goal in sixteen games. I don't think any of us have a problem with Matt Bileski's game right now. But Fred New Hampshire, Fred New Hampshire, right now is is irate with Matt Bileski. Actually, the the cross check guys on CSN the other night were were giving Matt Bileski hell. I think that for what he is, he's been pretty much as advertised. I've I've got no no problem with Bellesky, but yeah, moral of the story. The team isn't playing well. Rask's playing well. Yeah, I was just going to uh, say,
2: think about how bad this of a situation this team would be in if Tuka Rask wasn't playing as well as he is.
1: Well, right. I And a, a better way of probably phrase, uh, framing this conversation about the team not scoring and performing poorly against these bad teams is to ask the question of what people think of Tuka Rask right now. Because if you think, oh, okay, I can take him or leave him, no. <laughs> like, yeah. He's, he's kind of the reason you're allowed to... Keep entering the third periods of games against the worst two teams in your division tied and then being able to eke out wins. So I'm not blown away by this team right now for for as much as they play the no one believes in us card. I don't see how they could conceivably think they're playing their best hockey right now. The question is whether that picks up in the coming days and weeks. They've got the Kings at home on Tuesday, then they go on the road for six games. If this season has been any indication, then it's going to be a good six games, and they'll they'll play well on the road. But uh, in that time also, the the clock's going to continue to tick towards February 29th and the trade deadline, so uh, not an easy couple weeks coming up for, for the Bruins they figure out what the hell they're doing here.
3: Well, as you astutely pointed out on all our post-game podcast, DJ, they don't need to be a great team. They just need to be the best of a bad conference, which yes. is there anybody that you fear besides Washington? No. No, and that includes Florida and they, even Tampa, They, they, they could—I would confidently say they'd beat Florida in a playoff
1: series. And but nothing—please don't mistake anything I say positive about the Bruins right now is me puffing up—or, uh, yeah, me esteeming them the way that we might in years past when you'd say, okay, they've had a bad stretch here, but they've still got Char in his prime and all these guys and everyone's, everyone who, who can elevate their game— I don't think too highly of this team right now. I just think so low of the, the rest of the division that, yeah, if you get in on a divisional playoff spot, so two or three, who knows, Florida can fall apart. Florida's performing way above their, their pay grade. And- I was
2: thinking it last night. It's conceivable for this team to, to win the division, and st- I would still not be sold on them.
1: Oh, absolutely not. Because that's
2: how bad the division. But is. they would
1: still. So if if you win the division, who are you playing in the first round?
2: Well, puts you hurt. in a much better spot.
1: Well, I, I mean, I would rather just make Maybe sure. Not. I would. Ma- I'd rather make sure that they're in the division versus in. Because I mean, if you win the division, you're getting assuming the second wild card or the. I'm sorry, the first wild card team because Washington's going to run away with the Metro and the and the uh, the Eastern Conference at that. So, if you get one of these. Pretty good wild card teams, and maybe that's tougher than if you were to have to play Detroit in the first round, or if you were to have to play Florida in the first round. I mean, really, if they get a wild card spot and things stay the way they are, and they end up playing Florida in the first round, then you're in business at least for a round. But I'll so I'll take your point uh, one step further and say they could win the division, they could get in the playoffs and win a playoff round, and I'm still not sold on them. It really. Depends on how things end up lining up in the playoffs, what the road to Washington is. If you have to play Washington in the first or second round, then you're toast. If you're playing Detroit in the first round or Florin in the first round, Tampa in the second round, then you're golden. And we're going to talk to Arp and Basu of uh, NHL.com in the second hour. I know you're not playing. You're not playing the Montreal Canadiens. So that's almost added incentive for Don Sweeney, as he looks at this team, I mean, I'm I'm not I do not envy Don Sweeney one bit right now because he's got away a the fact that this team is far worse than the teams that he's watched over the years. Because new general manager, sure, but Sweeney's been here the whole time under Shirelli. He knows how things work here and how these guys have performed and how the Bruins have generally uh, been at least better, if not dominant, over the rest of the Eastern Conference. He knows right now that they're just one of a lot of teams, but he's also got to consider, as we've kind of hit on the, the, these last 10 minutes, that they're as good, maybe better than most of, of these teams. So does he say these guys aren't as good as they usually are, we've got to trade Louis Erickson, we've got to call teams on, on a lot of our key pieces, or do you say, you know what, if if
3: we go out and get like an okay defenseman, then maybe we're good enough to win two playoff rounds. Well, well, look at the record against their division. They're 14-6-2. I mean, so you got to take that into consideration based on the playoff format as it stands. You've had success against these teams. They still have to play Detroit twice and, and Tampa twice more. Those will be tests. Um, but I think there's a value, too. And even if you don't think you're you're there, that you can make a cup run, isn't there a value in getting a couple of series, making a little run, getting Ryan Spooner some cup experience, getting yes. Tori Krug back into the playoffs? That doesn't mean you don't – You know they they shouldn't trade Erickson because it's, it's terrible to see an asset go away for nothing, right, Pete? But, I mean, at least maybe you could flip Erickson and bring back some short-contract, short-term guys. Uh, I don't know. Maybe a couple stopgap pieces to maybe – while you're kind of retooling on the fly, you're also packaging up for a little bit of a run yourself with some veteran pieces.
1: My fear with trading Erickson is, obviously, what do you get back? Right. I mean, if – if you really want a defenseman back for Erickson, and every team in the league knows it, and let's let's be honest, Don Sweeney got taken advantage of the first trade he made as uh, as Bruins GM when uh, he puts Dougie Hamilton out there. Uh, it was Hamilton before Lucic, yeah, yeah. So that was the first
3: trade he made. He puts Hamilton out there and in one of those weird, weird restricted free agent deals. We hadn't seen many RFA guys. Yeah, the maybe. fear of that, right, of, of um, be losing a restricted guy. That's fair, and maybe, maybe that, that came in into play, but, I mean, the consensus
1: at the draft from everybody was, I mean, NHL people, uh, media, not that media matters, but, I mean, a lot of, like, guys throughout the league, the thought was, man, these guys rushed, and the, the Leafs, and the, I'm sorry, the Flames, were able to fleece them. Right. So my concern is, and then, I mean, the Zach Ronaldo trade, we've, we've beaten him up enough about that. Uh, my concern is, despite how much he killed it in two other trades, being the, the Martin Jones trade and the Milan Lucic trade before that, that what if he puts Louis Erickson out there and everybody knows, all right, they need a defenseman, but we're not giving him any sort of blue chipper. We can kind of wait him out, and force him to take a suboptimal deal. Maybe the way that that happened with Dougie Hamilton, where they're saying, all right, got to get this done before the draft because we, we want picks, we want to move up, we want Zach Borenski or Noah Hannafin or whatever, and obviously that doesn't pan out. But maybe teams like they were at the draft say, we're not going to give you what you want, we'll give you something okay, we'll give you maybe a a, a former second-round pick defenseman of ours who hasn't really worked out to this point, and you'll like it. I don't want the Bruins to do something like that.
2: No, and but at the same time, we talked about it, there's so many teams in it right now that the price of a guy like Louis Erickson could get driven up.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, especially if you trade him, say, in division, if you want to give him to a team like the Panthers or, uh, Ken, you mentioned before the show, it wouldn't be too zany
3: if the Lightning... Well, well they're in a similar boat, aren't they, with Stampkos? Yes. Who knows what they're gonna do with Steven Stampkos? He's also a pending, you know, lose an asset for nothing and a and a better asset at that. So maybe they just decide, hey, we're Tampa, we're gonna go for it. We made a cup run last year. Let's keep our guys and let's let's add. Let's yeah. go rental. And and then you've got to ask yourself do we, <laughs> what what will our fans think if we trade Louis Erickson within the division? That'd be crazy. I
2: what? don't think it matters if they get if they get good value in return.
3: Right. If you get um
1: if yeah, if you get somebody who is somewhat seasoned at the NHL level, you think that he has a high ceiling. Again, with with all these this scouting stuff, it was like when the, the Bruins drafted Senishin. I didn't feel confident enough saying, Oh, they made a bad pick. All I could say was, here's what, what scouts say or whatever. But if, if there's somebody who they've targeted throughout the league and they say, Okay, we've got this grade on him, uh, he's played this much. We don't want him to play too much more before his stock maybe gets too high. Let's go out and get him. Then fine, by all means, as long as you think that he can be something of a a top four defenseman at some point down the road, I think that Colin Miller, despite him being out of the lineup again last night is, uh, is one guy who you've developed enough that in the future you can say, okay, we're keeping Colin Miller past this season. We're going to, he's an RFA, I think we're going to sign him and he's going to be one of our pieces going forward in the blue line. I can't safely say that about Zach Trotman. I can't safely say that about Joe Morrow. Trotman maybe more so than Morrow with some of the looks they've given him. Uh, They put Morrow in the lineup last night. They let him do everything. They put him on the power play. But uh, I don't feel that they've seen enough or I should say they're confident enough in their other young defensemen that they don't want to go out and get another guy who they really believe in. But it's got to be somebody like Colin Miller, who really projects to to be something of a top-four guy. I don't want them to bring in another guy with no disrespect to to Morrow or Trotman, but who they're going to have in for five games and then sit for a long stretch. Trotman's a bad example for that right now because he's played so much while McQuaid's been out, but generally – They've kind of, I don't want to say jerked those guys around, but they've had them in and out.
3: Yeah, well, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago with the Minnesota rumors, like there's a team that's on the cusp in the Western Conference. They've got some yeah. good young defensemen, Jonas Brodeen, Matt Dumba. Is is that a trade where you get maybe a three or a four defenseman back and it makes better sense for you long term? A little mm-hmm. less money and and you need that piece, right? Because like you say, Chara is 38 at this point, and Seidenberg is what, a three or a four I mean, uh, maybe a solid three, the way he's if, playing of late. Yeah. Next couple of years, maybe he regresses. So, so right. Who's your core on the blue line? So it makes a lot of sense in that way. Now, we, uh, like uh, Pierre Maguire was on with the guys this week on, on OMF, and he was praising their pipeline on the blue line coming up through the system. I feel like he's over exaggerated that a little bit. Oh, yeah. That, that was very. I, I heard a little bit of that, and he's the best guest. Uh,
1: non-Sunday skate related that's that's on EEI. He, those interviews are always so good. We give him so much flack because he's annoying during the games, but he's, he's really, really good. But yeah, he was severely overhyping the Bruins uh, pipeline. Um, here's an, a name that uh, a smart hockey person brought up to us uh, the other day. Uh, Alex Petrovic of the Florida Panthers – if there, if you are to move one of these guys, he's a guy who maybe you might take a look at. He was, uh, I want to say, was he a late first, um, 2010, late first, early second round pick? Uh, has played a bit uh, with the Panthers. If if you're to move a, if you're to move uh, whomever, a, an Erickson, a, a Seidenberg, something like that, he's a guy that you you kind of want to target because you say he's got size.
3: He's somebody who maybe down the road can be a top four guy. He's 23, he's not 19. It fits better with your core who's like close, right? I mean, Marchand yeah. and Bergeron, these guys are late 20s, early 30s. Right. You want to go for it next year or, or right. in two so, years. So,
1: so that's the kind of guy. And right. I'm sorry I haven't brought up more examples because we, we've kept saying, you know, if you can get a young, controllable guy and you say, God, well, how many are there and how many might a team want to want part with? Uh, he's playing, last I checked, he's playing on Florida's third pairing uh, with former Bruin Steven Camper if there's a deal to be made there at some point, and again, you don't want to,
3: if you're going for it this year, which I'm still on the fence about, I think that it's... Fred New Hampshire is not, and he's ready to come at you again. You know, there, I'm sure there are people out there that are, say, that are saying, hey, let's go for it, right? Keep Louis, Sign Louis." I'm so on the fence. I I think that if you
1: want to do the soft rebuild that they've been doing to this point, you've you've got to keep Louis and you've got to sign Louis. Um, but there's a guy whose price tag has probably gone up about a million dollars since the beginning of the season, and that's Brad Marchand. You got to sign him after next season. You got to give Tory Krug something of a raise. I know that we've
3: discussed that they should have the money to do all these things, but. And it would be a shame to waste the Marchand year that he's having. It,
1: absolutely, it would be.
3: And you're going to talk to Ryan Spooner uh, You know, coming up next on the show. I mean, that guy, what, you, what a year of development he said. There are some good stories with this team.
1: Yeah, and you don't want to waste them, but then you can also say, all right, then if we're going to have to do a rebuild, because I don't think this all of this is sustainable, then let's do it quickly so we're not wasting these good, cheap years of Ryan Spooner and these great years of Brad Marchand. Right. And, and let's face it, the early 30s of Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, because you don't want to get on the other side of a rebuild, and suddenly, yeah, Krejci's cap hit will look a lot better because the cap will have gone up and Bergeron's cap hit will still be laughably uh, advantageous for the Bruins. But you're saying, all right, now our core pieces are 34, 35 years old. And maybe we dilly dally too long with, with a soft rebuild versus just gutting it and going for it. And with, with the whole Erickson thing, if I move Erickson, then I'm still looking at moving everybody else, everybody else, not named, say, Rask
2: immediate core guys.
1: Bergeron, uh Krejci. I mean, yeah. Um, all right. We are going to we're gonna hit our first break. On the other side, uh, we'll talk to Ryan Spooner. He had some interesting things to say about his season, uh, almost being traded last year and all those other things. Uh we see your calls too, Maria and Fred. We will uh get to you guys coming up on Sunday Skate. hearing that intro
2: is going to make waking up at 4 a.m. worth it every weekend
1: i uh i hear this and i don't even think who's that lady anymore i think kendrick lamar i it's a good thing they played that because i have to love myself given that nobody at the station does (laughs) listing me third this is my program damn All right, Sunday Skate, uh, WEI taking your calls. Uh, We actually see uh, the calls lined up, Maria and Fred among them. We love you guys. Uh, First, however, we are going to play an interview that uh, I recorded yesterday with uh, Ryan Spooner about his season, about how he has ended up being a Bruin and quite a good one after it looked pretty murky for, let's just say, years. Uh, and yeah here's that uh, here's that interview now. Ryan we we spoke a little while ago and you said going into the season you thought 30 maybe 40 points would would be nice a nice little next step to take your third on the team instead and in points knocking on 40's door already. What's been different maybe from your expectations that you might have had for this season?
4: Um I think at the beginning of the year I I wasn't really kind of focused on how many points I was going to get. I I kind I, I kind of just wanted to come here and Um, just try to fit in and um, just try to be a part of the team and help them win and um, at the beginning of the year, you know, um, I had some ups and some downs and um, some games that uh, I didn't play a lot and um, it's probably because I wasn't playing uh, to the best that I could and um, you know uh, the last month or so or even two months I I thought that my game has been a lot better and still have a lot of things that I need to work on but um, I mean, the points for me, they've, they've always came. Like, wherever I've played, I've been an offensive guy. But I think for me, uh, the focus coming into the season has been more so on um, being responsible in defensive end mm-hmm. and um, just gaining the trust of the coach. And um, I still have some stuff to do uh, to, I guess, further that trust. But um, I think for the most part... Um, I've shown that I can be reliable out on the ice and that I can play against most of the guys in the league. So that's that's kind of the focus I had coming into the season. And um, I just wanted, uh, you know, I just wanted to win. So and um, we've been doing that uh, for the most part this year. So,
1: Your best play at the NHL level has been when the team has almost had no choice but to kind of let you sink or swim. Last season, Krejci goes out of the lineup, you come up, and you, you have your most impressive stretch in the NHL. This season, Krejci goes... Uh, goes out and you you do the same thing when you're playing against top six forwards. Earlier in your career, they might have brought you up for a look and said, okay, let's put him in this third-line role. Let's play him in, in, on the wing here and there. I mean, what is it about having that opportunity, knowing that if, if you screw up, it's going to be a lot more noticeable that I guess brings out better play?
4: Yeah, I think also... Um since I've been 16, I've, I've, I've always played in the top six, and I've always played um, against the other team's top two lines, I guess you could say. So um, maybe it's because I'm used to doing that, or um, I'm not really sure what it is. But again, um, when I get put into a spot like that, um, as you said, um, if you don't play well, then they're not going to be able to play you. So I, I guess there's a little bit of added pressure on me, and um, I, I, I just want to go out there, and I just want to play well, and um, not let down the guys that I'm playing with. and. Um, you know, I guess the coaching staff and all that kind of stuff. So um, I just want to play to the best that I can, and um, if I don't play well, uh, it can be hard on myself. And um, I always just want to go out there and just play, I guess, the best I can and use my speed and my skill. And um, just skate. I find when I get into trouble, um, I'm not moving my feet a lot. So um, I find if I focus on that um, and try to attack, that's usually when I play. Um, to the best of my ability for sure. How trying was that when you
1: went down after the the start of last season? I mean you were at the end of your entry-level contract and plenty of reason to believe that this might not happen at least with these guys.
4: Yeah I mean um, the year before that I was up there for a bit and um, I couldn't score so that was kind of in the back of my mind that maybe I wasn't gonna be able to score here and then beginning of last year too uh, there's a couple guys that were hurt so I was able to play but um, it was on the fourth line for a bit there and then I I think on the third line so Uh, then when I got sent back down I was kinda down on myself a lot it's it's not a fun thing to go through especially when you know you spend the entire summertime and you're excited to be here and then you get sent down Um, but again you know it kind of builds you as a person and um, I think it's kinda helped me um, I guess build as a player um, made me not take things for granted and um, appreciate I guess the things I have up here and uh, I know that I've worked hard for them so um, and then I ended up getting hurt there for a bit and I was out for a month and a half or two months so that that was kind of uh, not a great time for me again I I was kind of down on myself and it was always in the back of my mind if I was ever gonna be able to play here and then I heard some things about that I might be getting traded so um, I braced myself for that and then I ended up uh, Coming back um, when I was hurt and I played well um, down in the American League and I got a call up here and then um, I've been here since. So um, again, I'm I'm just trying to play well here and um, just help the team win. So
1: you scored a goal against a, a team that that rejected a, a trade for you. I mean, if if the Sabers had accepted last season a second round pick in, in you for Chris Stewart, no disrespect for Chris Stewart, but I mean that might go down as one of the, the worst. Bruins trades in in recent memory I mean you mentioned hearing you, that you might not be here that they might move you I mean that must be as big a motivating factor as any
4: yeah I mean at the time um, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen, so If I wasn't playing well, it wasn't going to help me out as a player. Um, If it was me playing here or playing for, I guess, a different team. um, If I wasn't playing well, it just wasn't going to help me out. So um, my focus was, I I just wanted to get back up here and just show them, and just show them that I can play here. And um, at the time, you know, um, I only played a handful of games here and I hadn't scored a goal yet. So um, if they did have a trade, I guess, kind of worked out. It probably wasn't a bad trade because, you know, I, I. just hadn't scored here yet. I only played like 30 games or so, so it's it's not like I was producing a lot. So um, yeah, I mean, that's all I can say about that. You would said at the end of last season um, that that you you'd really wanted to
1: stay and that you felt that that you were wanted. It was kind of like the the team and you kind of took odd paths <laughs> towards actually being a really really good fit with Don coming in as the GM and really wanted to keep you I mean we saw with an RFA last year if you want you can there might be a little wiggle room if you want to try to get out that you can
4: why did you want to stay so badly and take a two year deal um, well the whole thing that I went through with the Pete's like that That kind of mm-hmm. um, I went through that whole thing and things were kind of up, up and down for me there and um, I wasn't really happy there and um, not saying that I wasn't happy here it's just uh, I just wanted to come up here and play and um, I was not I, I was having a hard time um, sticking here I guess you could say so um, I took it as a challenge and I kinda said to myself like the easy way out would be you know um, maybe to to get moved because I wasn't here or anything like that but um, I took it upon myself I said like I'm gonna take it as a challenge um, to make sure that I make the team and I'm gonna work hard at it and I'm not gonna get down on myself and um, use it as motivation I guess you could say so um, I guess I kinda learned from when I was younger that um, the grass isn't always greener on the other side I guess you could say and um, I just wanted to prove to myself that um, I could make it here and again I still have a lot of work to do and um, I want to improve each game that I play and um, again I I just want to be here and help the team win and I think that, uh, for the most part, the team has done good this year, and um, I think we can do better, though. So uh, 30 games left, um, we're going to try to do that.
1: Now, as, as you look at the team now, I mean, that there's kind of two directions that these guys can go in. They can try to keep building on what they have right now, or they can move guys. Louis, obviously a guy that, that we talk about, and, and they could kind of strip things down. Do you feel that you guys are strong enough right now that you can keep pushing forward? Or, I mean, I mean either way, you'd be here. You'd be one of the guys that they would... Kind of add to, but I mean, do you feel that this team can make a push this season?
4: Yeah, I mean, we have all the pieces for it. Um, the goaltending, uh, to the offense, to our penalty kill, to the defense, too. You know, I I think we have what it takes. Um, I think we've shown uh, against the uh, top, I think seven or eight teams in the league. I, I think we've done pretty well against. Um, you know, and in the playoffs, it doesn't uh, doesn't really matter what you did um, in the season. You know, if you get a hot goaltender, things kind of go your way. Um, I think if we just focus on just playing how we have been in the past month and a half here um, on the times where we have been winning and not really get down on ourselves when we lose a game or something like that, just kind of bounce back. Um, try not to lose a couple games in a row. Um, just make sure that we stay focused and um, again, yeah, I, I think we have all the pieces here. Um, I think it's up to us and how bad we actually want it. And um, I think you can ask all the guys in the room, like, we all want to win, and um, we have done that this year. So, um, I think we've proved a lot of people wrong. Uh, A lot of people probably wouldn't have said that we'd be in fifth or sixth right now. And, um, you know, a lot of people said we had a younger team and we were going to be rebuilding and all that kind of stuff. But um, I think that we've worked hard and uh, we still have 30 games left and um, we just want to win. we just want to have fun, so that's uh, kind of the mindset now, you know, when, when our team, um, we try to focus on giving up two or less goals a game. I feel like that's when we're at our best, you know. We, we can score goals. We're fourth or fifth in the league uh, and goals four. So for us, it's going to be about uh, the defensive side of things and uh, just, playing a sim- just playing a simple game, so that's what we're trying to
1: do. Last one, I mean, you you... Obviously no one here wants to, to miss the playoffs uh, again with the way that things ended the last season, but I mean f- for you, the idea of getting to the NHL playoffs and, and kind of being in that spot must be must be something of a, of a motivating factor right now.
4: Yeah, I mean, um, I haven't played there before, so um, I'm not really jumping forward. Uh, the 30 games here, you know, we, we still have a lot to do and um, a lot of games to win, so... Um, I think as a team, you know, if you kind of just focus on it um, game by game, that's usually the best thing to do. Uh, if you look ahead to the playoffs and all that kind of stuff, that's when things can kind of get away from you. So, um, of course, we would like to make it to the playoffs, that's our goal and uh, we want to win there too. So, um, But we've got a lot of work to do here and um, I think we're all excited for it. It's an exciting time of the year, you know, the last like 30 games or so. Um, there's always some races for the last spot, and um, we don't want to be in that spot, though. You know, we, we we want to put ourselves in a spot where, at the end of the year, we're not trying to catch up or we're not trying to, you know, play muscling games because there's a team that's two points behind. It's just something we 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 want to kind of control our own fate here and um, make sure that we win a lot here, so um, we're in a good spot, you know, when there's ten or so games left um, where we can be in, I guess, the right frame of mind and um, just work on our game.
1: Awesome, thanks, Ryan. Thank you. That's Bruins center Ryan Spooner, uh, having a very good season. Much, uh, much better than I think anyone could have expected. Again, he said before. He said a couple weeks ago that his preseason expectations for himself were something like forty points, thirty points would would be nice. And he, as you said, Ken, is one of the reasons why it would be a shame for this team to ever pack it in on this season because. He's been such a pleasant surprise, but um, yeah. So that's Ryan Spooner. Uh, we're going to. Uh, are we gonna? Yeah. Uh, we see the calls. We'll take them when we come back. We promise. Maria in Watertown, Fred in New Hampshire. We see the other ones. We'll get to you. Promise.
4: This is Brad Marshawn, and you're listening to Sunday Skate. Play ball. Well.
1: Are you kind of finding out what your ceiling is right now? I
4: think uh, I, I kind of talked to a guy this summer. And, um, he said something that stuck with me, that uh, ceiling is what you make it. If you believe you can hit a certain point, then that's what you're going to hit. If, if uh, you believe there's no ceiling, then you can only improve. So um, that's what I've been trying to go by this year, and um, hopefully it'll, it'll continue. That's a Macklemore lyric, isn't it? The ceiling boys, yeah, voice. yeah it's, exactly. to Macklemore. Yeah,
5: it's really cool. yeah. Macklemore's speed, down.
1: They were clearly totally upset by the call. It's Bruins' goal, uh, score. I almost said goaltender. Who am I turning into? Uh, that is Bruins' left wing, Brad Marchand. Uh, we're back on Sunday Skate. DJ Bean, Ken Laird, Pete Blackburn. You notice that, Pete? Your third. Um, Ooh. yeah, back here on Sunday Skate.
2: Coming from the third guy, <laughs> yeah, and really it really doesn't really, mean much. Not really Jeez.
1: worried about it. Uh, yeah, Sunday Skate on WEI, we are on until 9. Uh, You can go into the live chat on WEI.com. Just go to WEI.com, and on the left, you'll see a little thing where it says Sunday Skate. You can jump into the chat. Uh, one question that was posed to us in the chat was, what does Brad Marchand get Uh, in his next contract? He can sign as soon as July 1. If I'm the Bruins, I do that because I'd be afraid of him putting up too many good seasons and then he really outprices himself uh my guess at this point and I said in the chat you can go in there and read it or you can just listen to the words I'm about to say right now uh six years times seven million dollars a year that that sound right to you guys that'd be my guess
3: I'm not gonna argue that especially when uh, you know Louis supposedly Louis Erickson getting six here you know per year he's a seven million dollar guy I wonder I wonder if Claude Julian. Last night, saying he stick handles a little bit too much sometimes. Is he trying to drive that price down? Is that what? Well,
1: it, I mean, you know, that, that answer was correct. I mean, when when he gets the puck on his stick right now, he's like, "Okay, everybody
3: off the ice. <laughs> this is my." This, I agree, but, but the guy's putting nine goals in nine games. Oh, no, yeah. the podium I, I, saying, "Well, I'm not." Complaining I think he needs to stick handle a little less, to be frank. I'm not. We complaining scored two about tonight. It. Let's slow it down, guys. Yeah. You know
1: Well, I don't know if Claude was even complaining about it, but he was like, "You see, right now," because I asked about what Marshan's like now when he gets the puck on his stick. Um, the the comparison I make is like in a video game, you know, when you, you need to pick up coins or whatever while you're like, you're going through the game and you need to pick up coins. <laughs> Sometimes you miss a coin and you turn around and you go back and get the, the coins. Like you go out of your way. It was a bad call with, huh? with Marshan when he gets the puck on his stick, he's like, all right, I'm going to try to undress as many players as I can even if one of them is nowhere near me, I'm just going to try to weave as much as I can and go through and and, uh, and make fools out of all these guys. That's what he does, and he does it until he either shoots and scores or until he loses the puck or until he just, like, falls down from running out of steam. It's insane to watch, but the point that Claude makes is, is correct. I mean, it's, it's overconfidence, which you would much rather him have than him... Be kind Being of going through the, mo- the winter class, yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> then him murdering somebody on the ice.
2: I saw you make this point on Twitter. Uh, I think it was on Friday. Uh, there are so many times where he enters the zone and pulls off like a good move and doesn't finish. It, right. Like if he finished all the times like he did on Friday with that sick goal. He would He'd score like 50, goals, like 50 yes. goals a year.
1: And he would have the best highlight reel yeah. of any scorer in the NHL. What is he right now? He's seventh in the NHL in goals, fifth in goals per game. So, I mean, his raw numbers are awesome right now as is. But, yeah, like how many times do you see that? His zone entries are insane, and that's because uh, in the neutral zone, he's always been cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But now – and I wrote this on WBEI.com. He used to just enter the zone and pull up and look for Bergeron or look for one of his points. And now he's just, he goes for it. He's in absolute attack mode. And yeah, the, the number of times he's nearly had a goal like he had on Thursday night, which is when he wheeled around in his own zone and took at the length of the ice and went through, what, four or five guys. The amount of times he's done that without scoring is through the roof, which suggests, A, he's insane with the puck right now, B, maybe he could pass it at, at, at some point, but yeah, he's playing out of his mind right now. Uh, we've got to get to one of our calls. Uh, Maria in Watertown uh, is first up here on Sunday Skate. What up, Maria?
5: Hey, good morning.
1: Good
3: morning. I'm Maria.
5: First of all, I need to express my outrage at the fact that someone from the four-letter network gets top billing uh-huh. over our own homegrown DJ Bean. Yep. That is outrageous. Yes. DJ, you need a new agent, my friend.
1: <laughs> I That's actually not right. I'm I'm Teddy Brusky. I'm self-represented. <laughs> and um, I do a horrible job at that, just like I do a horrible job at... My job. Yeah.
5: Cle- clearly. No, you're good at what you do, but man, you, you need to uh you need to get yourself a little something something there to get uh, get credit where credit is due, my friend. I think
1: that it should be called the DJ Bean show, personally. Actually no yeah. I don't because I don't if someone listens they're like, This sucks,
3: whose fault is this? <laughs> don't go Martian and stick in a little too much here. Right.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um with, uh, with regard to um, the, the current state of the Boston Bruins, and, you know, I've come to the realization after watching them during this home-and-home series with, with the Sabres and struggling to beat a young and up-and-coming team who's only going to get better. The player, Most of the players on that Buffalo team are younger, and they're going to continue to develop and develop yes, well, ma'am. I think, under Bob, by Dan Balsma. So I, my take on this right now is... Donnie Sweeney needs to listen to any and all offers with regard to anybody on the Bruins roster except for Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and Tuka Rask. I want to see Patrice Bergeron win another Stanley Cup while he's a Boston Bruin, and I don't think that's going to happen if they don't start rebuilding around these guys. And if it means that we miss the playoffs this season – bitter pill to swallow as an avid fan but you know what if it means a future of watching these guys contend then i say go for it and just a quick take on the all-star game i I don't know if you guys are going to talk about this but i thoroughly enjoyed the format i thoroughly enjoyed john scott flipping the middle finger to the nhl the only thing that would have made it better is if he let one of his little girls come out on the ice and just kick Gary Bettman in the shin when he <laughs> handed him that check. Um, short of that, I thought it was um, it was better than I had expected as all-star games go.
0: It's the uh, NHL.
5: They,
1: they don't do the shin. They should have to come out and kick him in the penis. That's the only way that, that they do in the NHL.
5: <laughs> I don't know if I could say that.
3: <laughs> oh, well. Maria, I noticed you left David Krejci off your no-trade list. Does that that mean you'd I move did. him, too?
5: I, I did. I did. I, I gave you what I... What I think, maybe you know, I'm not as astute as as you guys. Oh, have, you're astute, but, Maria. Um, I'm thinking, you know what? Anybody is open for business except those guys.
1: Hmm. Maria, that is a uh, an excellent uh, point. Thank you for her calling, as always. That was one of Maria's more fire takes because there was you can't disagree with a single word that she just said.
3: Well, you could disagree with they should trade David Krejci, I think.
1: No, she didn't say they should David, trade David Krejci. Take calls but, on him. Yeah, she said okay. – take calls on absolutely everybody. You guys know I'm, a, I'm a, a bit of a Zdeno Chara apologist. If you're exploring trading Louis Erickson, you have to be exploring trading Zdeno Chara because you don't want – if if you're going – if this season isn't going to be one in which you truly contend, and I think all indications point to it it, it might be, but – Again, you're, you're not as good as you were in years past, so if you think, all right, move Louis Erickson and really try to go for it uh, next year, you're not going to be much better next year. You If you move Louis Erickson, you're probably going to end up having another year like this next year where you're in the discussion, but you're certainly not one of the front runners in the in the Eastern Conference, so how do you avoid that?
3: Well, you avoid that by I, stripping it down to the studs. Well, Krejci's really stripping it down. I mean, you've got him signed through twenty twenty. Right. He's one. I mean, Claude Julien would quit if they traded David Krejci, wouldn't he? That's his guy. I I think that there are a few guys that if I I think that if they trade Louis, Claude's going to be
1: like, oh, God, right? Are you kidding me? But
2: do you agree with the three the three guys that she did name that like she, you wouldn't even Vilos. field called field calls on?
1: Well, uh, Peter Chiarelli. The one guy, not the one guy, I mean, Bergeron, obviously, but he was always adamant. And, you know, executives can be, um, they can be kind of wormy with, with what they put out there and stuff. Shirelli was always adamant because there were always some trade rumors that would pop up from time to time. The the, the funniest of which, of course, was uh, Patrick Marlowe for Brad Marchand. Peter Shirelli was always adamant I won't trade. Brad Marchand. This is this this guy's an untouchable, and he didn't have too too many untouchables. But Marchand was a guy who he loved, who I know Don Sweeney loves. I would definitely put him on that untouchable list because I mean he's an elite player who's 27 years old and right now only getting better. Uh, Bergeron would be ashamed to
3: ever move. Krejci would be ashamed to ever move. Rask. Spooner's interesting. You mentioned they almost traded him last year, but may, maybe they've totally changed on that, right? Well, the, I mean the, that I would file that under dodging a massive, massive bullet.
0: I right. mean, the,
1: the Sagan trade was bad, but if Shirelli left the Bruins having traded Tyler Sagan and Ryan Spooner, his first two picks from uh, that uh, 2010 draft, right. then ay ay, yeah, what a what a mess that would be. All right. Uh, We're going to be back with the second hour of Sunday Skate next. Uh, Taking your calls, Fred, we're going to get to you uh, right at the beginning of the next block. And, yeah, where do you guys stand on this team? They're tied for second in points in the Atlantic Division, but would you rather them keep doing a soft rebuild or would you rather them strip it down and really try to be good in two to three years? We're discussing that, taking your calls, chatting with you, Sunday Skate on WEI. It's the I NHL. They, they don't do the shin. They should have to come out and kick him in the penis. That's the <laughs> only way that, that they do in the NHL.
5: I don't know if I could say that.